0: Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Yogi Dave's Hobby Podcast. A podcast where I talk about tabletop gaming. So that's tabletop RPGs, um, war games, skirmish games, board games. um, Not collectible card games, because I don't do collectible card games. um, But everything those other games and the the hobbies involved in them encompass. Um, So today, I'm going to be talking to Dan Adam. So Dan Adam is the brainchild between, behind Paint All the Minis, um, so that's the podcast, YouTube channel, website, Facebook group. Um, really, really nice guy. Um, it's good talking to him. Um, I've been on his show before. This is him. I suppose do, this is him doing a a, a callback or a favour back, I suppose, from um, from me. But he does like to to help out with other people in the hobby. Um and I think that's really good. Um so if you haven't been on Paint All the Minis or any listened to the podcast, um he's gonna hopefully encourage you to do so. Um so be back in a minute. How are doing folks? So got Dan Adam here. Um obviously uh, Dan is the, the man behind um Paint All the Minis. Um so thanks for being on the the podcast mate as I said. No problem it's a pleasure to be here mate. Cheers. Um, So we'll we'll get into it now. Um, (laughs) So first question how long have you been in the hobby?
1: Not that long actually I think this is my fourth year so a kind of basic potted history was I really wanted uh, a new hobby as I kind of got a little bit older. I kind of didn't necessarily want to go to the pub so much and do the kind of traditional kind of young man things, you know, I'd always played a lot of sport uh, and I was kind of getting injured more and more. So I kind of wanted a different hobby. I tried video games for a little bit of time, which was okay, but I found it was a bit solitary and not any of my friends played video games. So I was looking for a hobby that um, I could engage with different people in the country that I was living at at the time, which was in America. And I don't know what possessed me, but I just saw a hobby shop and popped into a hobby store, and I bought a box of space marines and it kind of took off from there, really. So it was, I wouldn't say it's necessarily random. I was not looking for a different hobby, but it was just something that was completely unrelated to anything that I'd done previously, which was an interesting challenge.
0: Yeah, that's good. That, that's um, you know, it's it's nice to hear how people get into the hobby because you know, and obviously me, um. What, was it 31 years now into the hobby so it's <laughs> it's a bit different from everyone else that you meet um for the most part um but yeah that's cool um so um uh, you've already answered one of the other questions that i had so that's cool and <laughs> the game or figures that popped your hobby cherry was the, the other one so um what was it about the space minions that um uh, I'm not really sure. It was a very strange experience. Went, at The first shop I went into, I didn't actually buy anything. It was
1: a very strange experience. So I, I just went into a local shop. I drove past it, and I kind of walked in, and um, there was no one else in there. It was just the shopkeeper, and he was kind of just sitting behind his little desk. Mm-hmm. I kind of wandered around a little bit, and you try and naturally strike up a conversation, and he just wasn't. He just didn't really seem that like, interested at all. So I looked around, and I saw like Imperial Guard and Tyrannids, and a few different things. Um, so I actually left that shop without buying anything, I went to a different shop, and the, the shop owner was a little bit better, and a little, a little bit more positive coming forward and speaking to me, and he just kind of told me a little bit about Space Marines, I've done a little bit of research previously, because I was kind of mm. thinking about that sort of thing, um, but I think it's what everyone starts with, or a lot of people start with, it's just this idea of these superhuman guys driving about without caring the world, you know, uh, just desperately trying to kind of hold back the tides of, uh, of aliens and things. I think it was a really interesting thing to get into and it also looked like a really cool painting challenge, you know, with the armour yeah. plates and all the different lore behind all the different chapters and things like that. It was just
0: um, just interesting to kind of think about that world for the first time. That's cool. Um, so what, what possessed you to start painting all the minis? I mean, was it just random happenstance or was it actually something that you... Um, thought about when you did it. Facebook groups and all these, the rest of these things and it's, you do get a lot of trolls, you do get a lot of people that you know, just want to sh- basically shit all over your work because that, that's what that's get, what gets them off uh, but yeah, that, that's the thing I love about painting All The Minis is you do, you don't have that in the the group and if you, somebody like that turns up they, they get found out quite quickly and bye bye it's about yeah it's about it's about
1: culture you know it, I'm, I'm very keen and interested in how cultures are developed and grown and cultivated over
0: time yeah. uh, and it's hard sometimes you know it's hard to kind of cultivate that you have to delete a lot of posts
1: unfortunately mm. you know a lot of people come to the page just to promote themselves or to yeah. promote their paint commission business or as you mentioned just to kind of um be sarcastic or try and get a laugh out of somebody else at somebody else's expense you know and so it is difficult at times you know and you have to make difficult decisions that other people might not necessarily agree with. But just trying to stay true to this base idea of, of we all just are doing our thing, painting our minis, and no, one, no one's no one got a right to make anyone else feel bad. And just yeah. keeping those basic things there and just trying to make decisions based on that. And it's it's been amazing to have that resource for people. And it's amazing for me just to, to look at the amazing minis that come out on a daily basis. Yeah,
0: it is. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm happy see lots and lots of different types of monies and stuff, which is which is cool because, I mean, I, I do have a bit of an eclectic collection myself, you know, it's, it ranges from Ancients to World War II and Napoleonic and all these, these real world stuff and then Space Minions and Imperial Guard and Infinity and Malfo and all these other things but it's nice to see other people doing that and also nice to see other people doing different things that I, I've never done before
1: yeah. As, it, as it evolved and developed out of just people in, in the local area that, um, that were painting, um, it actually was a different name. The, the, it was called Monthly Painting Fun at first. Uh, and probably only about 15 people will know that it was called that because that that's what the page started with. It started with seven people initially, and then it kind of stayed around 15 or 21 for a good few months because it was just local people that were doing it. And um, uh, when, it decided, when it just naturally started evolving and developing and we started doing different thing. Things. We actually changed the name, and, and I chose paint all the minis um, very deliberately because a lot of Facebook pages are very specific. It's one certain game or one certain faction within the game, maybe. Um, but I think that kind of limits you. If you, all you see it is the same models and the same things all the time, it, it kind of gets a little bit stale, a little bit boring. And what I wanted to make sure that we did was to, to invite a massive variety of different people so we can share things. You know, there's a lot of things that I've learned from, uh, 135th scale modelers about weathering and chipping and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, weathering vehicles, and then there's lots of things I've learned from people that paint busts, there's lots of things that I've learned from people who paint sci-fi models, so having it paint all the minis and just celebrating people painting anything really helps to share techniques and share ideas, and you might see a model, that you think, wow, where, what game's that from? And I'll tell you what the game's from, and then you can go and look at it yourself, and it might open up a whole new avenue of the hobby for you. So I can see the point in limiting ourselves to a, to just a small area.
0: Yeah, I mean that that is the thing. You know, you, you can your one post can be Warhammer or 40k, and then the next post can be, as you said, the one for uh, one thirty fifth scale tank or whatever, and then bust, and you know, it's it's anything and everything. And you know, it will encourage you. It will inspire you. That's that's what I, I've found quite quite a lot of the time. It's like. Um, I can't remember who it was. It was posting the, was it the eighteen twelve or eighteen twelve British, um, or was it Canadian? I can't remember. Oh, I it was Canadian, wasn't it? Um, can't remember who it was, but he posted them, and that encouraged me actually to actually go and paint my Napoleon Because I'll be honest with you, I hate painting Napoleonics, It's all the all the stuff that's on them it's like... I started, it's like Tau as well, I stopped doing commission painting on Tau um, because I hate painting So I, I, I did the same with Napoleonics, um, which, but you know, that inspired me, seeing the Tau that I've been on it hasn't inspired me to go, do any more commissions on Tau right enough, but you know, that's that's a, that's a different thing altogether, um, but yeah, I mean that's it, isn't it, you know, you want, you want that inspiration, you that that uh, again the same as you said. Uh, everyone seems to limit themselves um, to either one game system or one manufacturer or stuff like that. And yeah, I, I do quite like the fact that we're doing, you know, we're painting all the money. You get all that different type of game and thing.
1: It's just it's just interesting to look at. It's interesting just taking some time just to be like, oh, okay, I've never I've never seen that before. It's just an opportunity to just see something that you might not have even seen unless you're on a, a, a group that, that just celebrated all those
0: different models. Yeah, well, the first time I saw the Infinity stuff was on Paint All The Minis. I know people, I knew people had Infinity in, one of, in the chocolate club that I'm a member of, but I'd never seen them play it because, you know, it's up on a website or something like that. somebody wanted to play Infinity, but, you know, that got me talking to the guys that played Infinity, which got me started I'm playing Infinity, which is why I have um, eh, bought, well, not bought, because I'm, I'm on a ban right now from buying them myself, getting somebody else to buy them. Got, got somebody else to buy them for me for my birthday. Um, but I, I'm, I've got way more than you need to play a single game, but that's, that's how I do things, which is crazy. But, uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, what's your current role set of, of choice? What, what is it you're playing right now, for the most <laughs> part? Um, I usually keep three three games on my rotation. Uh, and just to keep
1: things fresh and interesting, um, I've, I've been playing a lot of a game called V Commandos recently. So, V Commandos is a kind of it's a World War II um, espionage game, it's like a stealth game. So what you do is you have a bunch of um, spies, SOE agents, I guess you would say, and you pick a mission. There's all sorts of different missions and operations, and so you pick one, and you have to work through a terrain. Now it might be to blow up a battleship or to blow up some flat guns. It might be to infiltrate a chateau and to assassinate a German officer. And so there's different missions that you can do, and there's different levels of difficulty, and there's different characters you can pick, a, a Sapper an officer, a medic, a sniper, um, and a, a scout. There's all sorts of different people you can pick, and they have different traits. And so you went to the mission, and you have got to use different action points. There's a co-op game, so you and your friend, or whoever's playing, can can either control one or two commandos, or you can control them all together, and you just work together to try and complete the mission. And so you've got to remain stealthily. Uh, if you're not stealthy, the alarm goes off, and Germans, more Germans, more Germans. Aunties come onto their terrain and start trying to find you and shoot at you and stuff so that's a game that I'm, I'm really really loving but the interesting thing about that is that it doesn't actually come with any, any minis yeah. it's all card token based so yeah. what we've done on, on Paint All The Minis Travis from Paint All The Minis has done this so he got the game we sent him the game and he used bolt action models to, to make it a 3D game instead of just being 2D with yeah. card tokens he made it 3D with, with minis from Uh, Bolt Action. So I've not done that for all of the minis so far. I've just done it with all of the special agents. So I've got the medic and the officer. So I've been playing a lot of that and it's amazing. And what I really like about it is it's uh, it's a really deep thinking game. You've got to really think out your strategy. You've got to really think about what you're going to do with your action points. And it's a game that creates lots of interesting decisions at, at numerous points. And it's great balance because you've never got enough action points to do all the things that you want. So it always comes down to a couple of like key turns where you've got to just nip into this room just before the German patrol kind of passes by or you're in a room and a German patrol comes in and if I was in a room and the Germans come in I have to roll a stealth check whether they see me or not and so it's just a really really great game and every every single mission every single operation that we tried has been a great experience and it, it's a massive variety of different things so yeah V Commandos is what I've been playing mostly uh, and converting models for that and painting the models for that uh, as a just in the pre-show when we were talking I've been pacing a few uh, Warhammer 40k models starting off with the first contact box which is just 15 models so I've been playing that a little bit and seeing if uh, I can really really get into Warhammer 40k yeah. uh, and the final game is uh, Song of Ice and Fire the Game of Thrones game which is a yeah. kind of rank and flank uh, game with um, a tactics deck that you can use that kind of gives you, your units buffs or nerfs the other ones and it's also got an um, and non-combat units on the side on a on a kind of action board that you can activate as well. So those are my
0: main three that I've been playing recently. Cool. I've never heard of V Commandos before. You know, that that's quite unusual. When I talk to people and they talk to me about games, I'm like, yeah, I've heard of it. I might not play it, but I've heard of it. That's one I've not heard yeah. of.
1: Well, that's the thing is that I'm always I'm always looking for new and interesting things and an area of of gaming that I'm interested in is World War Two. Uh, I was always a big fan of, of games like Metal Gear Solid and Assassin's Creed and Hitman on, on video games, and so that kind of sneaking about stealth is something that I really enjoy, and it's actually something that I was looking looking at as an interesting an interesting crossover, and mm. if you're interested in that kind of thing, but Minis Minis is your bag, uh, the late pledge for um, an Assassin's Creed game is, is actually still open, so it's the same company. The company that creates it is called Triton Noir. They are a French-Canadian company Mm -hmm. and so the the big drawback in my opinion the V Commandos was there was no minis in there to paint so Mm -hmm. what they did is they've modified and developed the rule sets and the IP of Assassin's Creed they've utilised and so there's a whole new game which is pretty like uh, V Commandos um, but with um, Assassin's Creed miniatures you know so the video game with the kind of white-clad assassins and Mm -hmm. all sorts of you know jumping around and free running parkour stuff so that that's as we talk on the 14th of march that is on late pledge so so go and check that out mate go look into it because i i backed it i backed that and it comes out it's late it comes out like june 2020 but i can't wait for that to come around because it's it'll take all the good things from v commandos but put it into an assassin's creed setting which will be interesting but you get loads of minis with it as well which is going
0: to be awesome but that's always a bonus in it, loads of minis. That's my problem with with Kickstarters. I I always back the ones with loads and (laughs) loads of minis and then look at them and go, I have no time to paint this. Shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I just munched through uh, the A Song of Ice and Fire Kickstarter. So that A Song of Ice and Fire was my first Kickstarter. That's the first one that I backed. And uh, I came with hundreds, you know, because I I don't back many projects, but when I do back them, I, I try and get everything in there. And um, it was it was tough. It took probably about six months to go. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, look probably look at like two hundred, two hundred and fifty individual models, and it was hard. But tell you, when you see it now, and when you play fully painted with it, yeah. it's it's a really big achievement to look back and remember and think, yeah, I painted all those. And
0: it's worth it. Yeah, well, I, I've been as as you know, I've been doing a uh, commission for one of the guys in the Glasgow club that I'm, I'm a member of for the start side of the song Ice and Fire. Or Song of Fire and Nice. I can never remember which time the which way around it is. But um, never mind. Um yeah, I've been doing that and uh, they are they're really nice models. Um but yeah, I mean I've done what was it, five Kickstarters now. Um okay. and the worst one for the amount of models was probably um the Zombieside Black Plague, see by um oh, yeah. Minis or not. But that's the problem yeah. that all the cool minis are not. Like um, the, the zombie side and all the rest of those ones, there's always loads of fucking models. Even if you don't buy ah. any of the new, uh, uh, the extra packs, there's always loads of them and you're like, oh my god. I I, I mean, I bought um, Conan, I bought, uh, what I did Kickstart Conan, I kickstarted Zombie side Black Flag and I've kickstarted, um, what was the other one? Massive darkness. I kept with yeah. all these thinking, oh, I'll, I'll need all these um, th- these minis for doing RPGs and stuff. And then we stopped doing um, <laughs> medieval or fantasy style RPGs, and I'm like, "Oops, I've got all these yeah. models." Um, one
1: thing, one thing I know I've noticed though is that you know you've got to keep hold of what you've got. You know, if, if you move, I mean, I, I move around the world, I live internationally, but I kind of cart my minis around wherever I go because. They don't go off. They don't go stale. You know, they're not going to go away. And, and you find you find that you pick up different games. Another game that I'm really interested in at the moment is um, Operation Last, Last Train. I'm not sure if you've heard about that, but um, yeah. but Joe Joe McCulloch, who makes um, Frostgrave and Ghost Archipelago, and most recently Rangers yeah. of Shadow Deep, he's created a community or a charity game project called Operation Last Train. Mm-hmm. And so that is. A little bit like Frostgrave, a little bit like um, Rangers of Shadow Deep, but in a sci-fi setting. The basic idea is that a group of, of soldiers have volunteered to visit this planet that's due to be basically exterminated. And it was a, a big um, human planet with billions of people, but uh, some bugs have just arrived. And we don't really know who the bugs are or why they're there, but basically they've invaded the planet and killed pretty much everybody. But there's the last few survivors that are still there. So this kind of group of soldiers kind of shows up and they try and save as many people as they can. Yeah. And so all you, all you need for that, and the, the thing that's great about Frostgrave and Joe, Joe's games are you can just cobble together minis from any, any collection. You don't have to buy certain models. And so actually sci-fi, so there's different soldier classifications like heavy infantry and light infantry and grenadiers and things. And so as long as you've got some sci-fi models, you can put it together and play it. You know. Yeah. So you've got to keep all of those minis. Yeah. there'll be a game that comes along you don't know when you don't know how or who will write it but it'll come along and you have those minis and I think too many people sell the stuff too quickly they kind of go with the seasons and you buy something and don't really play it or it stops getting played in that area and then they sell it and if they kept it you never know what might happen and a new edition might come out and then you, you might love it and use the minis again
0: well that's the thing for years and years I never sold anything but um, recently it's just been right, I sold all my 15 mil stuff because A I hate painting fifteen mil and I stopped playing all, all the games um, that I used them with, you know my Napoleonic, all I do is twenty eight mil, I do skirmish stuff or I do um most of War Lord one, which I'm not a great fan of. Black powder. Black powder. Um and then the only ancient stuff I do is my Samurai stuff like Ronin and um all all the those kinds of games. So, you know, getting rid of all that fifteen mil was but that's money in my pocket let me go to Ireland a couple of years ago um, <laughs> to go to a, a Battletech tournament because I was skint at the time and I was like oh, I need money to go to this tournament um, but that was that was good you can let me go over there um, yeah I, I'm not a big fan of, of selling stuff but I will get rid of I mean I've got rid of um, my kind from of chance from um, 40k there was a the third edition on me I think um, just because I've got I've got all the Necromunda stuff, my M- Empire stuff's getting repurposed for um, 40k, and then you know I've got loads of other figures. So I'm like, well, I don't really need this. I can sell them, and, but I don't actually I don't have a problem with see stuff that's you know weighing you down. You know, am right, I ever gonna play with this again? Because I know. That for a fact that I won't play it again, it's like um, all the 15mm ancient games that I was playing they just bored me I got bored of yeah. them and I was like I don't see myself getting back involved in this so yeah. I'll get rid of that but yeah There's a there's a, lot, there's a big market for it and I've always
1: been really surprised how much people are willing to pay for them and, and again if you're thinking about going back to painting, if you do take that time to paint them very well, there's a lot of people that don't want to paint they just don't enjoy it and yeah. so, but they want to play with nicely painted figures so you can you can actually I, I, there's very few things that i've sold that i've not made a profit on yeah. I take the time to i don't i don't do it for profit but when i decide to sell something you know i, I usually make some money on it yeah. which is pretty nice you know yeah. it's good and that and that kind of fuels other purchases so, you know, as you mentioned you know enables you to do other things you know so there definitely is a market there for it you know but it's, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a fire sale. It can be in your own time yeah. and at your own pace and whenever you're ready to.
0: Well, well, that's the thing. Um, I've finally moved my stuff out, my mum and dad's. It's been sitting there since me and Fiona moved in to the new place a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally just over a year ago. Um, and it's like, right, I know this is going, I know that's going, right. I can do it in my own time because it's all going up in the, the in-laws' loft. Um, yeah. So, you know, I don't need to... I need to sell it at this, because the, the thing it, which really annoys me would be eBay and, and uh, or other avenues of selling stuff, is people are like, oh, but, you know, it's not worth this much because it's painted, it's like, it's worth more because it's painted. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> well, it does no, no, no. depend on the
1: quality of the paint, yeah. and it depends on the person, it's about finding the right person yeah. to buy it, you know, like, for me personally, I, I want to buy preferably unpainted Preferably uh, unassembled because I enjoy that aspect of it. But yeah, I yeah. get it. You know, if if you really enjoyed painting, it it would be worth less. But you wouldn't if you, you're either interested in you're not. You know, I would I would never come to you and say, okay, I want your models. Be used, and I say, but the painted. So I'm going to pay you less. I just wouldn't buy it if I wanted them unpainted. You
0: know. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. I, I have had this situation with people I know um, and have game with that have said that have bought something offset someday and said to them oh I won't pay this much because it's painted and I'm yeah. going to repaint it but I know for a fact they haven't repainted it yeah. that annoys me so well I mean, I mean
1: it's it's one of those things isn't it is that you, the person that's selling it could just say no yeah. you know and you get a lot of chances you get anything you know you think about a second hand car dealer you know yeah. traditionally you know the kind of Wide boys that will tell you anything. Play it's the best car in the world, you know. So you've you've got you've totally got the right to say no if you're selling stuff, yeah. you know. Uh, I did it just recently with um, assassin Aurum Execution Force. So mm-hmm. I got the assassin Orum Execution Force game ages and ages and ages, and ages ago, and um, I was at a shop and I mentioned to someone that I had it, and they're like, "Oh, you, you, would you sell it?" And I was like. Yeah, well, like, you, you know, it's an amazing offer, you know. Then, yeah, I played it a couple of times. It's an okay game. The assassins are pretty good, you know. It's painted to an okay standard, uh, and then they they did the same thing, you know. They asked for some pictures. We kind of loosely agreed a price, and then they kind of start, you know, negotiating downwards and saying, "Oh, you know, painted, you, know you played it's open." I was like, "I was like, okay, mate, that's fine. Uh, this is the price. It's out of print. It's pretty rare. Yeah. These assassins are X amount just individually online." And this yeah. is a price, and he, he kept on. And so I just said, No, you're okay, mate. Thank you. Don't worry about it. Because I, it did annoy me, like you're saying. But then, equally, it was just then it was principle. It's like, Nah, I don't I don't want to sell it to you, actually. I'm just going to keep it.
0: Yeah. That's it, though. I've had to do that a few times. I'm, I'm like, Okay, you want to buy it, but you want to buy it for this much. And I've told you it's this much. No. Mm. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Um, That's totally fine. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that negotiation. Yeah. Big- It'll totally fine to
1: say no, and you don't have to take that price, it's your choice. Yeah.
0: Um, so, what is your favourite army that you painted up until now? Ooh. It's a tough one, that mate. <laughs> it's like asking which one of your friends uh, is your favourite, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's like when you, when you look back and you actually think about it, I've, I've painted so much, you know, I'm um, very fortunate to have. Uh, who have got a wide variety of different tastes in games. I'd probably say my all-time favourite was my US Team Yankee Army. I would say. Mm-hmm. So Team Yankee is fifteen mil kind of world war game. Yeah. Um, and I just loved that. I love that scale. Mm-hmm. And when I picked up when I picked up Team Yankee with like the you know the A ten Warthogs and the Cobra helicopters yeah. and the a- Abrams tanks. You know, it was—it was, it was just—I don't know—it was just a really great, refreshing experience because I think that was one of my first experiences of 15 mil. Yes. So it was a completely different scale. I think I also enjoyed it because that was one of the first armies I had my airbrush for. Right. So it was new skills yeah. as well, and so I was picking up new skills. i, I really started working on weathering. I mentioned it before about you know picking up a lot of um, tricks and techniques from 135th scale, so when I was painting these 15mm tanks, I was working on pigments and weathering and chipping, and so I think it was not necessarily my all-time favourite in terms of the game or all-time favourite paint jobs, but I think it was just a lot of things came together at that time, it was new scale, it was interesting models that I kind of liked for a long time, and it was the airbrush and, you know, putting putty on uh, as kind of uh, templates for the camouflage and things, so yeah, I think think it was a Team Yankee force, it was really interesting, that one.
0: That's cool. Um... Not one that I have actually ever come across at this point. I think I've seen it played once or twice at shows. Um, so, like, the Falkirk show up in uh, the Carinade show. Um, I've seen it played a couple of times there, but... It's Cold War, and it's, <laughs> again, 15mm. I look at it and go, nope, 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 nope. Yeah. It probably, probably, <laughs> same, it probably a similar reason for why you like it and I don't like it is, you know it's something different, whereas, you know, when I first started, when I first started playing, I, I, I played 6 mil with Space Marine, really, and see the Epic 40k, yeah. before it was Epic 40k, and, but kind of, I was kind of in between the Titan Legions, and Adeptus, the original, tech not Titan Legions, the original Adeptus Titanicus, and yeah. the second edition, um, so, you know, I started out playing that, myself, painting myself, was really, Aye, that was the first stuff I painted myself. Um, my dad painted all my other stuff before that, and then I started getting but painting really twenty eight. But I, I keep painting. <laughs> I hate painting figures like me, and then yeah, and it, it's, and it's a little
1: easier because it's smaller in some ways. I don't like painting. I didn't like painting the infantry at all. Yeah. it was it was more the kind of the vehicles, and yeah. I, I like the scale because you get to play with with more cool toys. One yeah. thing that I don't like about some tabletop 28mm scale is sometimes the, the board is a bit congested, even if you're playing on a 6x4 and, it you know, if you, if you think about the amount of equipment in a small area of a battlefield, it, it's the tactics go away because there's yeah. too much stuff there. Uh, whereas with 15mm you know, it's kind of zoomed out a little bit so you can get more tanks, you can get more cool equipment that you wouldn't necessarily be able to get on a 28mm scale, yeah. you know, and um, and that smaller scale enables you to get done a little bit quicker because there's just literally less surface area. To paint, uh, and the scale kind of lends itself to, you know, being a little bit more slapdash. Sometimes you can get decent effects a little easier
0: because it, again, it's smaller and further away, the details are smaller. So yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting because
1: everyone's got different things they like and, and just like. But I just uh, a lot of things came together on that project that I enjoyed.
0: Yeah, well, I, I just did a fifteen millimeter commission just before Christmas. It was for for the guy's Christmas present. Funnily enough, from his wife. Um, but um, yeah, it took me ten hours to do it for just under hundred figures, and I think about it, and and like uh, it'd probably be about ten times that for, um, you know, that many twenty-eight figures. So yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I do like the fifteen mils and twenty mils for the small scale when you're doing stuff. You know, I mean, obviously, having started out playing epic, I'm like, I like the little scale, but it's just the painting that drives me crazy. Yeah, infantry.
1: I, I agree with you big time. You know, the infantry is a real pain. You know,
0: especially you got like this little guy. And usually, got like six on a base, and yeah, yeah it's it's rough. You know,
1: but that's an
0: interesting challenge. Yes, no, well, that that one was like, what was it, twelve to a base because it was pike. Oh, yeah. This little square base. You're trying to fit them on. And you're trying to try to do a decent pacing job, and you're like, nope, this isn't working. Yeah. But um, yeah, what yeah, um, oh, so? What has been your favourite game that you played so far? That's that's one. Um, uh,
2: Difficult question. I, yeah,
1: it's, again, it's like there's so many that, that jump out. Again, I've been very fortunate to have picked up and played like a lot, a lot of games. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a few that jump out to me when I first played Bolt Action. That was yeah. really good. I Really enjoyed playing Bolt Action, the World War Two game. Um, Really enjoyed playing that Silver Tower was something. Warhammer a Quest fantasy game. Yeah. Uh, Silver Tower is really interesting. Um, I'd probably say the the Song of Ice and Fire game, and the reason why that is is because is it's recent and I played it a lot. I'm very fortunate to play every week, and yeah. um, so we that's kind of always high on our rotation whenever we think about playing games. It's always Us should we play a game of that. But again, it's similar to my my like, Team Yank. He kind of answer. it's a lot. of Things came together, yeah. um, and it, it's a great game in itself, in my opinion. I think it's a really interesting game. It's something that's really engaging. It's something. It was, one of the things what I liked about it most is you didn't, we didn't spend too much time with our noses in the rule book. Mm-hmm. And I played I played a game last night mm-hmm. where it claimed that it had a cheat sheet, but then and all it said on the cheat sheet was look at page 52 of the rulebook and it just directs you to the rulebook and then after this it'd give you a basic rule on page 52 of the rulebook and then it'd say for more advanced rules go
2: to page 76 and so you spent your time just looking through the rulebook bouncing backwards and forwards and it it seems like an okay game overall but it was just annoying that you had to bounce through the rulebook so what happened with A Song of
1: Ice and Fire is that it really held your hand through those early games (laughs) it gave you a set of cards uh, for each of the unit stats and gave you those so all the information you needed was right in front of you yeah. it had a genuine cheat sheet it wasn't even a cheat sheet it was a card like a big card with yeah. just the basic rules on either side and because it, it held your hand through those early games it just ingratiated the game to us and mm-hmm. made us enjoy it from their very very start another thing was that my friend who i was playing with this was at the start of the year when i'd just moved to my new place and so it was one of the first games ever tabletop games that he'd played yeah and the reason why it's my favorite game ever is because it was a great experience for us both because we were both learning together so i i had the starks and the lannisters and so we would just switch armies every game yeah. and so we'd have some great conversations after the game because we were both playing both armies we were mm-hmm. switching around we were finding different things that we liked and we disliked we really enjoyed the missions really enjoyed the game really enjoyed the depth you know the tactics depth Previously is really interesting adds a different dynamic to the game. NCU's yeah. add a completely different aspect to the game on the side as well. So that, that that is my favorite game that I've ever played. Not just because of the game, but like I said, the the exploration and the, the journey that both of us were, were doing on a, on a regular basis. it's really cool.
0: Yeah, ah, it's cool. Um, I have played uh, a couple of times. Um, both times I've played, I've been stocks and I've got beat, but. You know, that, that, that is just that that's been, I think, a lot of, to do with dice rolls and tactics and stuff rather than the fact that the stats are actually bad because you know, they've got good parts and bad parts and I quite enjoyed it um, the guy I played the guy that got it on the kickstarter he wasn't a great fan of the rules he wanted to use other rules for the figures, which is fair enough, but I quite enjoyed it, I thought it was quite a, a nice set of rules, and I, you're, you're right it's, it's a little rule book and it's it's easy to learn. Um, once once you've got it down, um, so yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, the Starks, I like the start The Starks are
1: all or nothing. You can't be conservative. You've got a, and I, I like that as well. Because it's kind of true to the law of, of yeah. Game of Thrones. You know, you've got you've got it's desperation, and you got to throw yourself forward. And the Lannisters are a lot kind of better equipped, and they're kind of stronger in terms of like a long drawn out battle, and then yeah. they can kind of. Uh, Rode the Starks away, so Starks is all kind of gunko. You've got mm-hmm. to go forward, and, and it's it, it's you've got to win or or you just get smashed. Basically, it's, it's never
0: a tie. <laughs> you yeah. know? It's no, really there's always there's always one clear winner in that game. Um, the, the thing I loved about it the most was the Umberrobes. The, they get more dice the less because they've got in their unit it's like, oh, them. Right, okay, yeah, that, that yeah, the berserkers. they get angry and angry, And so yeah, yeah. I find as when I was playing Lannisters, it's like I
1: don't I don't want to touch those guys because if I don't kill them they're just going to get angry and they're just going to hit me back really hard so I'll leave them alone
0: well that's the one unit that takes the most out it's not the sworn swords or the the riders or anything like that it's the umbers they're like smash 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 took out a mountain man unit in like two turns it's like woohoo but yeah I do enjoy that game Um, talking about World War 2 have you ever tried Chain of Command the two fat lardies game
1: it's on it's on the rotation. I'm writing an article at the moment, it's gonna come out the back end of this year, and that is it's called World War Two on a Budget. Yeah. So what I've done is I've put together I bought some plastic soldier company, late war British inf- infantry and late war German infantry yeah. and the heavy weapons team. So I forget how much that was, but it was it was less than a hundred quid, yeah. maybe 60, 60 pounds. Yeah. And so what I'm trying to do with that set is I'm trying to Play as many different World War Two games as possible. So these are fifteen mil figures, yeah. <laughs> which you'll be delighted to hear. But um, <laughs> well, it's like a little experiment for me. So it's like saying, right, if, if I take sixty pounds and buy sixty pounds worth of models, mm-hmm. how many games can I play that play with? Um, yeah. So I've done Bolt Action fifteen mil. Mm-hmm. I've done Battle Group uh, fifteen mil, yeah. and Chain of Command is actually on my on my wanted list. It's kind of next next on there. It's, yeah. um, Rich is someone I spoke to for the podcast. For, Rich Lardy Rich, he seems like mm-hmm. a really, really nice guy, and it's kind of. it's always, It seems a really interesting game. It seems like something that's really deep. It seems like something that's uh, a new take on things. Yeah. I really like the patrol phase. Have you played it yourself? Have yeah,
0: you played... yeah. Um, a little... I, I prefer it to boat action, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I found. It's maybe just the players I played boat action with, but they very much minimise the units, but there was no. You know, the units are minimised, but there's no morale. Issues on that, and it's like well, uh, especially the German players have played. Um, and it you know, they'll take the minimum amount of infantry with the maximum amount of MGs and MG, MG yeah. 42s in it. The, the light, yeah, so they'll, they'll maximize that, but they've got no um morale penalties. Whereas, if that happened in chain of command, they'd have lots and lots of morale issues at uh, uh, minimum. Infantry maximum MG-42s. So that, I think, is the thing that um, probably um, is the reason I love um, what's it called? What's Chain the, Command. Chain of Command. And the difference between that and what's the Napoleonic one? Or the Black Powder one. Sharp, Sharp practice. practice. Yeah. Sharp Practice isn't too historical. You know, there's the there's the historical part of it, but there's also the story part of it. Whereas with Chain of Command, it's it is historical. It's you know, it's it's more historical, I feel, than the Cape Bolt action games I've played. So I don't yeah. know. It's the it's the weird yin and yang, you know. Yeah, I find I like find I like
1: both of them. I think they've all, both got their own their own merits, and uh, I think Bolt actually is more of a I, I can compare. It. It's like a comic book. It's more like a comic book battle. It's yeah. it's, it's you know. Which is nothing wrong with that. I think it's I think it's a great game. I love the mechanic the you go mm-hmm. I go um, do not the you guys, the dice drawer um, yeah. kind of mechanic. And there's lots of things that I like about it. But yeah, Chain of Command seems a lot more historical set and having spoken to, to Rich about it, his his argument was that it's it's about playing playing the era. Yeah. So he, he actually does a lot of stuff to do with um, you know, military history and things mm-hmm. like that. So he knows his history, he knows forces composition and things like that and mm-hmm. So he just focuses on on that and playing great scenarios and making sure that the lists are not necessarily historically accurate, but it's it's what the unit compositions would have been and it doesn't necessarily allow you to to, to doctor it. It's kinda yeah. like what was there and because it it's what was there, it's mm-hmm. kind of more balanced because you know, it's what kinda of happened and what is there. There's no get around with it.
0: Yeah. No, the the thing I like about it as well is you're not gonna have tiger tanks. You're not gonna have big massive tanks running about the the battlefield and numbers, which, you know, again, the thing that annoyed me about bolt action was, you know, you get players that'll br- bring all this heavy stuff and you're like, well, there was like one of them in the whole of yeah. the, the, the theatre or, yeah, yeah. you know, they'll bring Nebelwerfers and you're like, well, a Nebelwerfer, even, e- even if you didn't eat before table, it'd be out of range. You know, it'd be its minimum yeah. range would be, you know, twelve before or something like that. And like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean that that I mean that is my, my thing about that. But I mean, I do like the bolt action um, mechanic, the the dice drawn thing, which is again one of the things I like about the um, sharp's practice. You know, it's it's you know you're either drawing cards, or you're drawing tokens, and you know it's it's not always going to be. I go, you go. I go, you go. Which you know, I think even Games Workshop are trying to get away from that as much as they can. Um, and the you know, in the combat phase of 40k and Age of Sigma, it's not always going to be the side that you. Know, it's their turn that does all the fighting right away. As long you know, that's what I, fi- if, I think. I find I, it. I find it. I find it personally a little a little boring. Yeah. Um, know, I'm not having a pop at any games.
1: There's great games that i played where you move all of your guys and someone else moves all their guys. Yeah. But but personally, I've got the experience of when I've been taking my turn, people have left and gone to talk to somebody else. Yeah. So if you're playing a game and someone's left the table to go and talk to someone else, yeah. that says that the game isn't as interesting as it should be. Yeah. You know, and that, that never happens with the Song of Ice and Fire. It never happens with Bolt Action. It never happens with V. Commandos. It never happens in the games that... I love the most and maybe that's because I'm playing with different people yeah. um, but you know I, I like a game that maintains your level of interest and you never feel the need to just go and do something else for 10 minutes while someone else does whatever they've got to do you know it's yeah, uh, you know,
0: you know, that's my opinion on it yeah well I mean that's that's I mean we've talked about Malifaux and Battletech on, on your podcast before that's one of the reasons I love both of them is because Malifaux is it is I I'd I'd take my turn with one figure and then you take your turn with another figure unless you're chaining, in which case, if you're chaining figures, then you've got less figures to go. Once you've done that, you know. So um am yeah. you know, it's it's using that chaining as a tactical advantage, um, and as yeah. like the battle tech as well. It's I move one, you move one, or whatever, depending on the the force sizes. So you know. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. There's, there's a game that I'm. Uh Together over the next month or so, I'm just kind of waiting to get models in hand and get mm-hmm. the table set up, and that's called Moonstone. And mm-hmm. the the melee mechanic with that is is really interesting. Where, say, if I charge you, mm-hmm. uh, we will both draw a number of cards uh, from a from a pile, from a mm-hmm. melee pile. And on, on that uh, in the in that deck is a set of attacks and mm-hmm. defense um, things. So, for example, a high block or a low block. Mm-hmm or a high sweep, or a thrust, yeah. so there's different attacking moves and different defensive moves, and, mm-hmm. and usually the rule of thumb is that if I'm attacking you, I get to draw more cards, so I've mm-hmm. got more choices, and so basically what you have to do is you have to choose an action, yeah. and then depending on the result of those actions, so for example, if I do a low sweep, and mm-hmm. you do a low block, mm-hmm. then you block my move, and there'll be no damage,
2: yeah. um,
1: whereas if we both do a thrust, then both of us will take damage, and yeah. so that, that seems like a really interesting, one that I really want to get into because I think I just like interesting mechanics. I Mm. like things, I mean I like rolling dice, but if you roll the
0: dice, you you don't
1: really do so much and there's certain games that you play and it's not really down to you as a player, it's down to just just roll a fistful of dice and if you kill somebody it's probably just down to the stat line of that model as opposed to too much that you've done. Mm -hmm. So you you obviously have to move that model and have to get it into the right fights at the right times, but I like games that make you think, I like games that make you choose and make you make a decision and, again, and that's why I like A Song of Ice and Fire is that there's a lot of decisions to be made and there's a lot of possibilities and there's a lot of options and you're yeah. always trying to think ahead and think about what you could do next or what you need to prevent next and uh, yeah, so I, I find I like I like games that
0: make you think a lot more. Yeah, I mean, that, that again, that's one of the reasons I love the mechanic for um, Marvel and um through the beach and the new one, on the other side, it's the card mechanic. So, you know, it's de- it's dependent on you know, you you're doing what you would want to do, but you have to think about it because if you don't if you don't have the cheap hand, right, you-, you know if you pull a card and it's really low, it could be messy for you. <laughs> um, but you know that that kind of different mechanic is one of the things I love about that. Uh, I think it's also the the reason I like infinity as well. Cause it's the two, it's the D20 system, so it's not um, D6. So there's more of a, a chance of you passing or failing. But there's also the fact that even if you get three dice and the defender's got one dice, if his dice is on his armor save or close to his armor save, and your dice rolls are all lower than it, then you know you still miss. Doesn't matter how many times you you hit your target. If his tar, if his armor target is is got and is higher than your rules, then I sure tough luck. I mean, it's it, it's it's a different mechanic. I mean, that's it at the end of the day. Um, what I, I find interesting. That's, that's uh, so, <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, it's it's always interesting to see different mechanics because, you know, obviously. Um, I started out with Games Workshop games and then historical games, and it's always been D6, and it's always been, you know, dependent on what dice you roll on and your factors and stuff like that. So
1: it, it, it is And I think there's definitely a place for it, you know, yeah. and it's something that we're all comfortable with. It's something that makes you, you maybe more likely to pick up a game. If you know that it uses D6, you kind of, if you can presume that it's a certain number to hit and a certain number to kill and a certain number to this, that, yeah. It's comfortable, you know. It's like a pair of slippers. You can easily slip it on. But you know, it's uh, it's interesting to see innovation, and it's interesting to see new things that come out. Another thing that happens in Moonstone is they have a magic deck. So when you're yeah. looking to play, cast a spell, again, similar thing. You draw a set of cards, and what you've got to do is you've got to play a certain number. There's certain colours, and then each colour has a certain number. And so yeah. certain spells need certain colours and yeah. certain numbers in, uh, in a initiate certain damage. So if I wanted to do Know, a fireball spell for example and it needed a blue card <laughs> I think it's 1, 2 and 3 so I put a card face down and say this is a blue 3 uh. and
0: or anything that that was another, or, yeah, something different from um, you know the the board game no yeah? no I
1: haven't I haven't really something that I've seen from afar Yeah uh, the shop the shop in Banbridge that, that I lived near to a lot of people used to do D D there and uh, yeah. D in America is massive yeah Um but it's not something that I've ever had to.
0: I mean I'll be honest with you I was quite shy um, both when I was in like high school and stuff it wasn't until I started on the door that I was actually as loud as I am now um, but yeah I mean I, I played RPGs for not as long as I played um, war games and stuff but it's a good long time and yeah I mean I started out this, with a group that were friends of mine so that, that's always been a thing but yeah. I um, have started organising a new group um, in Glasgow, um, and every one of them, if they've got thirty hours worth of experience of RPGs between them, they'll be lucky. Which which is kind of interesting for me. I'm also going to be the oldest one at the table, which you know, that that will be a new thing for me as well. It's that everyone's younger than me, and they've all got very little experience, and it's it's interesting because I've had to change the way that I do things Um, so um, I always try and get everyone involved as much as I possibly can in any RPG I do but also what I normally do is write my own campaigns with this one it's like right I have to actually have this to hand I can't do anything on the fly as much as I do yeah. um, in my own campaigns, because obviously it's my own world, and I can do what I want with it, but with that, I've got players that are experienced, I may have players that aren't as experienced, but with this one, it's going to be, I, I've chosen, do um, you know the Forgotten Realms from D&D? I it up. I've heard a bit of it, yeah. yeah so I, I've chosen the Waterdeep campaign from their Adventure League, so it's for their, um, for their players, basically, um, so I yeah, I chose that because I'm like, well, it's interesting. It's in the forgotten realms, and it's yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it, but it's going to be weird. But yeah, you you do. I don't know whether you have to have a little bit of um, flair um, to be a D and D player and a little bit of oomph and get off and go, but it helps. But yeah, I
1: think I think I've, I've, people I've spoken to about it previously, um,
0: they kind of say about you know putting on a, an accent. So yeah. the guy uh,
1: I was talking to about it heavily, he was saying that he played a dwarf, and mm-hmm. so he would practice his Scottish accent, and so his dwarf would have a Scottish accent That's and things. And I don't know. I think it's fine if like you're, you're into it and mm-hmm. like you know you're full of energy N- and. And you're excited and you're pumped, you know. But you know, on a dark Tuesday night in the middle of winter, you know, I don't know. Maybe sometimes you won't be feeling it as much. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's something that I might do in the future. Maybe it might be something that's great to do with my daughters. You know, yeah. I've got two young daughters now, and and maybe as kind of they get a little bit older, you can kind of create these worlds and talk about things. Maybe that would be something that would be good for us to do together. Maybe.
0: Yeah. No, that, that is. I, I, you do see. I, I, I'm seeing it more and more. Obviously, me just starting being on Twitter in the last couple of months seen more and more people who are starting their kids out gaming by using RPGs which is quite interesting to me because obviously you know me myself I was brought into the hobby by my dad but okay. I see a lot of people um, who started later in life and then there was no parental support you know they they, they didn't seem to be interested in their, their kids hobby so you know you know, it's also something that you used to see when I actually went to Games Workshop um, on a Saturday. A lot of people would drop their kids off and just leave them for five or six hours in the hands of the, the staff. And it's like, well, take an interest in what your kid's interested in. That's, that's that's the thing. That if my kids wanted to be in whatever hobby they'd be in, they wanted to get into it, And you know throw myself at it as well.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit, uh, the reason why I might might think about that is is this idea of creativity. I think that creativity is something that's really important. I think imagination and and creativity are essential skills. And, um, you know, I work in education, I love education, but Mm -hmm. I think sometimes schools don't do a great job of fostering that
0: imagination. I think sometimes they try and cut it out of you. You know, if you daydream, stop stop daydreaming, you're doing that work. You know, And, and so I think it's essential to be imaginative.
1: And yeah. to be creative, I think it co- makes you come up with different solutions to problems. And yeah. and so maybe like a DD and d campaign, maybe some RPG games might be an interesting way to share time
0: together and, yeah. you know, create some good times, but also maybe
1: to kind of make sure that you've got a great imagination,
0: you know, as yeah. you become an adult. Yeah, well that that's the thing, I, I mean, you know, I grew up in um, Roman Catholic schools and the imagination was not encouraged, let's just say. Um, so you know, I had to put it somewhere, um, so yeah, I mean, that, that is, you know, gaming has had that thing for me, that's why I do what I do, and, you know, why I write, and why I, why I do anything, really, because <laughs> anything that's not work-related is, you know, it's, it's imaginative, it's... Yeah, um, I think it's a, dis- it's
1: a disconnect for me, you know, as I sit here painting and yeah. talking to you, I'm, I'm not, because not I am particularly stressed or anything like that, I love much you know, I'm very fortunate to love the job, but yeah. it's still great to get a complete disconnect from yeah. it. You know, I don't know how long we've been talking, but for the duration that we've been talking, I haven't thought about anything that I'm thinking about at work. Whereas, whereas if I'm sitting watching telly, you know, it naturally just crosses your mind at times. Yeah. So I just love this hobby because it's just a complete and utter disconnect from anything else that I'm doing, yeah. and it makes me go back to other things completely refreshed and ready to go again.
0: Well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people use it. Use the hobby to disconnect as well. Though I mean, that's that's a, another thing that I found. You know, um, talking to people more with doing the podcast, and doing the, the YouTube channel, and everything that's and Twitter and everything is. A lot of people use the hobby as stress relief because of various things in their life, and that, and that's interesting because I've never thought about it that way. I've always just been like, "Oh, it's my hobby. It's what I do." I, I've never really had to think about it. Until now, about what yeah, it has been a stress relief for, for lots of different reasons, but yeah, that, that is. And, and we've been talking for nearly an hour, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, so I, I'm just paying, paying yeah. away,
1: Matthew. So, um, yeah, life is stressful, and I don't know, I don't necessarily want to get into kind of deep philosophical stuff, but yeah. there's a lot of people that are unfulfilled in their lives for, yeah. for various reasons, you know, and there's times where I've been. Grumpy, disgruntled—you know—stressed out about certain things, and, and hobbying has helped that, you know. And I think there are some fundamental issues in society as it is. You know, if you just think about just Brexit, for example. Yeah. You know, just think, of, just thinking about that for twenty minutes makes me really angry and disappointed. And yeah. so, you know, Peyton is a way to completely—I love it because my whole world is just shrunk to the size of the length of my arms, you yeah. know, under my lamp and the length of my arms, and everything just shrinks down. I'll speak to someone or I'll put some music on or I'll put a podcast on and I'll just, I'll just do it. It's, it's, it's really, really interesting to just do it. It's really kind of I just lose myself for however long that I'm painting you know, or yeah. playing for and it's just really cool.
0: Yeah, that is. I mean, as you say, it, it's, it is what it is for you. That, that That's the thing that I, I have always said that you, why you do your hobby is, is a, it's a personal thing to you. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah, that's cool. Um, so, if you could play an old grove set from any point during um, gaming history, what, what would you like to play? Oh,
1: that's a good question. I think. That's a good one. I might steal that one and
0: that's
1: next that on <laughs> <all> my next <laughs> Um, I'd probably. What would I like to do? I'd probably like to go right the way back to like first edition, like like rogue trader i yeah. think I, I think that's got to be the big that's got to be a big call for lots of people and i'd yeah. like to go back to like that era not just pick it up and play it now mm-hmm. i'd like to go back in time to that point i'd yeah. like to encounter it early because i'd love to see how it developed because mm-hmm. it's a little bit like kind of you know terminate to judgment day where you kind of know that something bad in the future is going to happen yeah. but it's kind of terminate set back in time and so it'd be nice to kind of go back knowing what games workshop is now going back and seeing those first steps and seeing what it's like and experiencing something different for one of the first times
0: and yeah. that would be really interesting I think yeah well I, I actually have Road Trader uh, have you seen my, my blast from the past when I was tidying up my, my room the other day my, my old no. room the other day no it's on Twitter I found, okay. My, my, okay, I'll take it I found my Road Trader co- uh, copy it is dog eared and completely screwed but I would still <laughs> not sell it for love nor money <laughs> Because it's I, I, because have you played it's, it? it? Oh yeah, I played it back in the day. I was like Is it good? Is it absolutely good?
2: Did you
0: enjoy it? <laughs> well yes and no. It's good for <laughs> it's good for doing skirmish stuff and um, building your own stuff and all the rest of that kind of stuff. It's really good for that. But if you want a polished war game, not so much. <laughs> let's let's put it okay. that way. Okay. Um, but you know, it's good fun. It's it's good to go back to it. go back every now and again and Have a game of that or second edition. Don't go back and do third edition because I hated that edition. But um, uh, (laughs) third and fourth, I I played a lot about third and fourth, and then that stopped me playing forty k until the last edition. Um, So um, yeah, no, it's it's got its bonuses and it's got its its good things, but it's also got it's oh that's giving me a sore head. But uh, that that was the same for Warhammer of the year. You know the same kind of stuff, and the thing with I've always thought about Rogue Trader is it's kind of a mix of Warhammer and an RPG yeah. um, in many ways. Um, you know, obviously, you have Warhammer RPG, and you never had a 40k RPG until they brought out Dark Heresy, I don't want to say 10 years ago, but it's probably more than that. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I always thought after second edition came out. Um, was when you look back and actually see Rogue Trader because there was I think there was about a three or four year period in between them stopping um, releasing Road Trader and actually having Second Edition out I can't remember off the top of my head but I, I might be talking through maths. that happens a lot um, but yeah there, there was a big gap in between Second and Rogue Trader um, so when you go back and you think Second Edition was not a bad set of rules Um, that's what the original Necromunda was based on. Um, So, you know, it it is a good set of rules, but it is a more polished set of rules than obviously Rogue Trader was. But it's it's got its um, good parts and its bad parts.
1: Yeah, I think it's more this idea that, you know, I'd like to see what was around at that point. You know, I know obviously Dungeons & Dragons was a thing. You know, that was the whole point. You know, it's like they had to include the RPG elements because that's what people were... More comfortable with, but I think it's just this idea that it was maybe something new and it was the, the start of something that we know is a big deal right now. And it'd just be interesting to see the kind of first formative steps of that and who was behind it and what was happening and how was it advertised and who were playing it. And you know, it kind of felt like from looking back at it, and I've not done so much research, research into it, but it seems to be like a little bit of a cup thing, you know, a little bit of a you know, an underbelly kind of thing that, you know, people didn't really know and I've seen pictures of people kind of, like, lining up outside the Games Workshop yeah. looking for the models and there's only a certain amount of models available and things like that. I bet it'd be interesting just to see how it develops and grows and things like that, you know.
0: Well, you know Games Workshop was originally um, put together for um, the UK distribution of D&D? Uh-huh. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, obviously those guys have, have played... D&D and everything and then you know they distributed and then started all their own stuff but it's also Ian Livingston and Steve Jackson not the Steve Jackson from Steve Steve Jackson Games Um, Is it Brian Ansell that started Games Workshop you know back in the day so the guys that did the Final Fantasy books and Brian Ansell who who started it all the way back then you know um, Mm -hmm. you know I do know a little bit of the history I can never remember all off the top of my head but yeah I yeah. mean the thing the thing with I think it's every edition of um, 40k and Warhammer have had or even Epic um, have had a bit, bit of a cult following and people will stop playing a game on a particular edition because they don't like this next edition and all they're going to be playing is the next edition. I mean I have had that I, I don't dispute that fact that it's happened to me but I've also gone back I've also come back to the hobby and gone well actually this is not a bad set of rules I mean I, I played Age of Sigma when it first came out and I was like this is a a mess it felt like it was just slapped together Um but then but six months ago I played the game again and I thought well actually this is not a bad set of rules it's just uh-huh. because they never the points costs back when it first came out, which they didn't have with Road Trader either back in the day, because um, you obviously had to put it all back all together yourself, but it's still, you know, I don't know. It's, the thing
1: is, that this, the great thing about the, all these games is that there's a wide variety of different people who like different things, you know, and some people love one game and some people don't like other games and and that's the thing again it kind of comes back to the ethos of paint all the minis is that whatever you decide to do if you're enjoying it then that's totally legit and it's totally fine to do so and you know there's a there's a lot of people that are very very quick to say oh bad game bad
2: game
1: worst game ever and it's it's one thing to have an opinion and it's great to have an opinion but then equally you know some people it's like films there's some terrible films that i i love and I look at film reviews and it says worst film ever, but then I, it's one of my favourite films ever. So it's great that there's such a wide variety of games and a wide variety of different rule sets, and and that we have. It's just great that we have the opportunity, you know. Because if there's only ever one game, then it'd be boring. It's yeah. great that there's so many different games that we can we can access to have those opinions. You know, it's it's really good.
0: Yeah, terrible movies that I used to love. Flash Gordon. Uh, ah, yeah. I think <laughs> that's everyone's. That's on everyone's <laughs> list. Really, in it, Flash Gordon is terrible. <laughs> it's so terrible it's um. but uh, yeah I mean did you ever see some of the videos from back in the day when Sigma first came out people burning their collections because I'm never selling this to Uh. anyone because they just Sigma and it's like play another game for god's sake you've spent thousands of pounds on these figures on thousands of hours maybe not thousands of hours because not everyone's like me and pedantic and a pain in the (laughs) arse about it but um, you know you've spent hundreds of hours painting this and you just set it on fire
1: <laughs> well, well you know you it's your stuff wrong? do what you want with it but yeah i remember the same i remember thinking a, a guy a guy i saw a guy that burned his uh, empire army and i just kind of my first thought was just play kings of war <laughs> exactly <Just> play that <laughs> yes.
0: play kings of war play nightage play, play something you don't burn it, you can completely nothing yeah, I mean, you could
1: just, yeah, you could just carry on playing the rule set that you've been playing I up to this point. You know, <laughs> I don't have well, constraints.
0: There's an entire community of, of gamers that have, <laughs> you know, the Ninth Age guys, they, they've continued on with the previous edition of Warhammer, yeah. but started doing their own thing with it. Yeah. Obviously they can't call it the names that um, are in Warhammer and everything, but... <laughs> excuse me. Um, The thing with the change from um, Warhammer Age of Sigma, it was a copyright thing. You know, because they changed all the names. It's the same for um, 4K. You know, it's not the old daddy anymore. It's the old daddy or something. I can't even even pronounce half the bloody names. Um, Yeah, yeah. But that's probably just my accent. I can't (laughs) even wrap it around it. Um, But, you know... That that is, it's one of the reasons they brought out the permanus money, I think, as well, and um, because they try to do something for copyright for space money because they try to say they mm. own the copyright for it, and then yeah, and, I, and
1: I get it, I get it. I think they think they're brilliant at what they well, do. You know, I think uh, you know you just need to look at how the profit margin, you know, for this last the last, quor- last quarter of last year, you know, they they're absolutely crushing it in terms of making money, yeah. um, and I think that is their. Uh, that is their prerogative, yeah. you know, that is what they're looking to do, and, and the models are amazing, and, you know, they're doing their thing, which is, which is fantastic, and if you're into that, you know, that it's amazing too, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I get it, I get it, but, you know, uh, one thing that's really new to me that I'm kind of starting to do is I kind of get comfortable in a hobby is, yeah. is tinker around with rules, mm-hmm. tinkering around with rules is something that I've never really thought of doing, um, but I find myself doing it more and more, and, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that, there's nothing wrong with taking a rule set and saying, well, oh, I like this, but don't like this, and then just changing it, you know, mm. it means that you won't ever be able to go to tournaments, but then I don't ever really see myself going to do that anyway, so it's no
0: it's not loss for me. Well, that's the thing, the only tournaments I ever do are Malifaux and BattleTech, but that's just they're mm. fun, that's, that's, the only time I've ever been to a Games Workshop tournament was Warhammer, it was a regional, I can't even tell you how many years ago, I'm that old these days. I feel an old feeling anyway. Uh, Old in the game. I'm only 36. It's not that old. Um, But, yeah, I mean... But my army, my dwarf army, uh, there's some of the figures that are only a couple of months younger than me. Um, So they had never seen half these figures before. And they're they're not official figures. And I've had to go, oh, no. no. They are official figures. You you have to... Because... What is that website that's got... The, is it the Legends of Gaming thing? Well, the old Citadel models on it? Actually. And this is... Just after Dial-Up. So... Having to go through it. To show them that these figures... And I was like... Do you know what? This isn't fun. There's no yeah. point in... It. I mean, obviously with Battle and Malfo You have to use the official figures, but... It's obviously the, the, the official figures. Because nothing looks like what these look like yeah mm, sort of but you know yeah. you know what i mean um yeah and i, and I get it
1: it's, it's it's an industry it's you know they need to make money they need to make ends meet you know they need to make a profit you know i i, I completely get it and understand And it's yeah. not for me to say that a company is out of order for releasing so many models or no. so many rule sets and things like that you know i think there's pros and cons to it you know um but you know, I, think, I think ultimately you, you do what you want to do and as long exactly. as you are enjoying it, it doesn't matter what game you play. If you stick with Ninth Age and play Ninth Age forever, if you play Kings of War, if you play Age of War, it doesn't matter as long as you're having fun.
0: Yeah, that, and that's... And engaging
1: with it on a level
0: that you're excited with, then yeah. it, it do not matter what you do. Yeah, that is that is the thing, you know. You have to be having fun. That's what I say to people when, when they're like, oh, I'm not having fun playing this game. It's like, go, go play something else. Go, go, I mean, I know you you spent X amount of money on these figures, but there's another game that you can go play go play it mm-hmm. there's no point in you not having fun doing the hobby I, I mean that's that's why I get like, upset by gatekeepers and stuff like that And a community it's like well it's not for you to see how somebody else plays the game it's for them to say how they play a game it's not up to you to say who gets to play a game either it drives me mm-hmm. absolutely crazy but you know
1: it's also down to like how we interact with stuff, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's something that I've seen not just in in wargaming. I, I I'm a big fan of golf. I wish I had more time to play golf. But I had a friend who we said we were going to play golf, and we just set about it in two completely different ways. Mm-hmm. I went to a charity shop and bought some crappy old clubs that have been mm-hmm. in someone's garage for ten years for like twenty quid, whereas he went to a sports shop and spent like eight hundred quid on some really good clubs. Yeah. And so we went to our first game, and he was like, "What are you doing with them?" I was like, "Well," I'm still learning, I don't know if I'm going to like it, I don't know if I'm going to stick with it, so yeah. what's the point in spending 800 quid if I can spend 20, if I like it, then I can then eventually get an upgrade of my clubs, yeah. so we both had the same experience, but it was just, I went about it in a completely different way, and eventually it didn't stick with us, yeah. and so he then sold his clubs and lost yeah. a massive amount of money, but if, if that made him happy and he, he had that money to spare, that's fair enough, but to me, I was like, what an absolute waste.
2: Yeah.
1: So, again, like I mentioned about 40K, I picked up the first contact box. It's only got 15 models, and I think it was about 20 pounds. Yeah. And I'll play it and think around with it, and if I enjoy it, it'll escalate. Yeah. You know, And if I enjoy it again, it'll escalate. And if I enjoy it again, it'll escalate again. And, and it, um, until it becomes not interesting or exciting or engaging, I'll keep on doing it. And yeah. if it doesn't, I'll just do something else. You know, and that's, that's how it kind of should be. But that's, that's not how I find people to get into it. Usually you go into it and they're kind of, Not necessarily railroaded, but you go into a Games Workshop store and they're they're all over you saying, hey, you should get this and get this battle force or get this starter box. And before you know it, they're they're putting hundreds and hundreds of pounds worth of models in your hand, which ah, I understand because that's what they are, it's a retail industry. But I don't know, I think we all maybe buy too much too soon before we know we like it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the the thing. Having been involved in the hobby for a long time, I can go into a Games Workshop and go, no, I'm looking for what I'm looking for. I'm not going to go buy this but I do understand that uh, and I know people who have worked for Game Talk Shop that are like well we, we are set on what we've got to sell this month you know uh, if it's the latest models or if it's this amount that or that and it's like yeah fair enough and I, I understand that it's the same with the the um, sort of the intellectual intellectual property stuff of I mean I'm, I'm a writer so I, I'm acutely aware of IP um, so I understand that and it, you I don't have a problem with that I'm doing that. I don't have a, pro- sometimes I have a problem with price, but I also understand why prices are the way they are. But you know, it's like you can't you can't complain about it. And, no,
1: it's, it's it's a retail business. Any retail yeah.
0: business.
1: If you go to any retail business, they'll have targets. Yeah. they'll have set ideas. And and yeah. but then again, it comes back to what we say about buying stuff secondhand. You don't yeah. you don't have to buy it. Yeah. If if every if everyone said this month, this is like I'm not going to buy any mini. Then, then stuff would change because it, it, a company needs to sell stuff to to carry on being, um, you know, viable. You know, but I'm, I'm not saying that should happen. You know, but you, you don't have you don't have to do anything. Yeah, you, you do what you choose to do. You yeah. know, and um, yeah, I, I don't I don't like to be. Negative.
0: Stuff and you know I'll play with it lots, and then I don't play with it lots. But then eventually I do. You know I, I can honestly say there's there's very little in my collection, other than the new stuff that I got from my birthday, and anything that I got. And I haven't even got in from Christmas Christmas um, that I haven't played with at least two or three ah. times, um, if not five or ten times. You know, it's it's one of those things that, and also now the older that I'm getting and the less money that I have. Um, to spend, I go well. I can't go out and buy anything that I'm not going to play with. Uh, yeah, I mean, but it's, it's hard, that knowing yeah. it? Because there's so many amazing things that come out, yeah. and uh, you know, I, I, it's a
2: constant. It's a constant challenge for me. It's interesting because I, I want to keep abreast with it and I want to keep up to date with the releases and things. Yeah. But then you, you, it's it's impossible to keep up with these things. You know, even
1: if you did it full time, it'd still yeah. be very hard to keep on playing these games. You know, so we're we constantly being, being being bombarded with amazing stuff, which is yeah. great but
0: also a pain in the ass a lot of times as well, because it's just like, oh, what now? What next? Well, uh, when the new Gene Steeler Cult stuff came out, I was like, oh, I want it, oh, I want it, and then I saw the price of each individual character model, and I was like, oh, it can wait until I'm actually going to build the army. (laughs) That was it, because um, next year, or the year after, I can't remember. I have a plan with lots of stuff, but um, there is the plan to build... uh, uh, Imperial Guard slash Traitor Guard slash since the local Army so you can use lots of the stuff yeah. in the same uh, you know from the same okay. army and you know so you know that that is a big plan but then I, I saw the prices of the, these figures and I'm like they're beautiful I want them but no not right now thank you and it was the same with um, what's the new box that Shadows yeah I was like I love those figures but then they slapped the hundred and five face on it, and I'm like, nope, nope, mm. even for my birthday. Uh, the, thing, but, the thing is, with
1: the strange of that, and and I am um, uh, it's not necessarily a criticism, but I I wonder how deep the the gaming experience is within the box, if that makes sense. Because I hear that there's a campaign in it, you know, there's like a few missions in there and a campaign tree, yeah. but I wonder how deep that is.
0: 50. and this this okay. um The, the last podcast I did um, I talk about the new Battletech box sets which I actually had a discussion with somebody on the Paint All The Minis um, uh, Facebook thing about the the price and the the value of it I love Battletech I'm always going to tell people play Battletech but in my opinion looking at the figures looking at the quality of the, knowing the quality of the plastics that they've used in the past, I'm like, it's not worth the the £50 that it'll be. You're better off going to buy the the metals um, and going to buy the road set because, but that, you know, and that's my opinion and I'm always going to voice my opinion. It's never going to be, um, I mean, I, I talk about looks, Luke, APS all the time because I use the, you know, I use the products and I'm like, I love the products. But if there was a product that you brought out that I thought, shit, I'd tell you. you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's,
1: it's a dangerous game because you don't want to, you know, you, you'll know this, we doing a podcast now, is that if you make something, yeah. you put a little bit of yourself into it. There's mm-hmm. a little bit of you in your podcast. Yeah. And there's a little bit of vulnerability there, you know, because you, you're putting it out, you're not really sure what people are going to say, you're not really sure how it's going to be received. You know, it's it's a it's a punt, it's a gamble. You're not really sure. I know that because I've done it with my podcast, and it's yeah. it's not nice. Even if you agree with the criticism, it's not nice to be criticised. Yeah. You no, know, anyway, you want you want to get told that it's great and that you're doing a great job. You know, so you do need to be careful. We need to be careful. Yeah. You know, that we we voice our we do voice our opinion, but the way that it's voiced yeah. it needs to be important. But it is something that's starting to wind me up a little bit. Is like when people are doing these unboxing reviews, mm-hmm. is it is it a good? is it be actually honest? Yeah. Know, and, and also, what are, what are people looking at when, when they're unboxing things or doing a review? And I think that maybe, depending on what you're getting out of it, because I, I, watched, I watched a, a, a review of, of the Shadow Spear box, yeah. and, and out of an hour and a half review, they spoke about the campaign for 30 seconds. Yeah. And and the majority of it was talking about points and rules changes. Yeah. And so, that, I mean, if you're a, player that's great and that's amazing and maybe the review was kind of you know put in in that context because the people knew that they were making a video that the people watching it that's what they're interested in yeah. but uh, i don't know it's, it's just it's just really interesting you know as a content producer and i don't i wouldn't claim to be professional in any way shape or form i just do this for fun but it's just it just interests me like is you know at this actual critical analysis an actually informed choice and actually honest viewpoint. Sometimes people get shouted down because they say, I don't like this, and people say, Oh, you should be negative, or you just, you know, sensationalizing things. But I don't know if there's that many actually independent reviewers around. I don't
0: know. Well, I mean, that, that's the thing. If you, you, I mean, do you watch Luke's, um channel at all? I, I, uh, yeah, little bits a and the, pieces here and there, yeah. I know he's a member of the, the group on Pin on the Minis, but when when he does these reviews, it's like, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't like it. Or, I'll be honest with you, I love it. Or I'm in between he, he's always he's always honest about it which which is good because you when somebody's honest about it every time when they tell you I don't like it or I do like it you know that the next time they do a review and you watch it and they tell you it's great it's going to be great um, yeah. a lot of people have I know a lot of people are um, giving him a lot of shit for um starting his own company but you know all his own products and stuff when you know, back in the beginning. It was all about you know saving people money, but it's yeah. still saving you money. You're still saving you money on you. Know, if you don't have time or the, the money to go out and build, well, not necessarily money, but the time to go out and do all this stuff yourself, you're still saving money on you know yeah. the next. But equally, but equally, you don't you don't have to agree with it. Yeah. Uh, you can I think respect is probably a better word. Yeah. You know, you re, you respect the fact he's independent, you respect the
1: fact that you respect his opinion, but you you could listen to what he says, and he could say, oh yeah, I love this, this is great, this is fantastic, and you could still come away from it and think, I I don't agree with you, but that's that's fine, (laughs) that's not a problem, you know, you don't have to agree with somebody, and sometimes, I find in life that sometimes I do agree with people, sometimes I don't, you know, that that, that is what's interesting, but there, you're right, you know, someone's actually, actually, you've got to, You've got to hear someone say, I don't like it. I mean, but I I watch so many videos and it's incredibly rare that someone actually says, you know what? I'm not sure if I like this. I don't don't know if it's for me. You know, and and that rarely happens, you know. And so I find that I just watch less and less reviews because I just don't feel it's an actual representation of what someone's actual feelings are. Nothing, Nothing in life is ever perfect. And not everything like life is, is great. It's not all happiness and sunshine and roses, and everything's amazing. and You never make a mistake, you know. Sometimes you drop an absolute bollock, and it's terrible. Yeah. And you go, yeah, it is. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. and let's fix it the next time. It's just it's just an in- interesting world of reviews and unboxings. Yeah. And another thing is like a lot of people do unboxings, but they never do anything with the game. So yeah, yeah you get to see you know what's inside it. But I don't, don't want to see that. I want to see like a full circle. I want to see them unboxing it. I want to see them painting it. I want I want them to tell me the feelings.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's why I did the unboxings. For, I mean, I know the games have been out for ages, but I did the unboxings of like all the board games I got recently, and then I played them, and I've I've uploaded on the YouTube channel me playing them. The sound might be shit, but um, that that's that's another thing altogether. But you know, I mean, it's the same. It's the reason that I don't edit out the swearing when I talk. Um, it's like it's me being me, so it doesn't. You know, it's, it's an honest thing. If I enjoy playing the game, then I'm going to tell you I enjoy playing the game. If I tell you uh, I didn't enjoy it, for certain I'm going to tell you I didn't enjoy it. And I'm going to be annoyed that I spent all that money buying it. You know, and, and I'll, I'll be honest about it. I mean, there's there games that i played, i played the first time and I've really enjoyed it. And then i kept on playing them and then going, I don't enjoy this as much. Why don't know. I mean, it's the old adage about drugs. You know, the first time's always the best, but... I mean, I love Battletech now as much as I've ever loved BattleTech, if not more. Same with Malifaux. Um And, you know, the new 40K, I'm enjoying it more than I enjoyed third edition. Um, I, I love Infinity. But it's it's that thing. You know, you've got to be honest with yourself and you've got to be honest with everyone else if you enjoy it. If you, if you don't, that's the thing. And I, and I will tell people, yeah, I enjoyed it. Or I didn't enjoy it. That's, I mean, that's that's it. At the end of the day, you can't you can't not be honest because you're going to get caught. Yeah. Up. Yeah. That, well, you, you, you know,
1: it's just it's yeah, it's like anything in life. You know, you say you're in a relationship. You know, there's no point in lying about being in a relationship. So, oh yeah, it's great. I'm
0: having a great time because yeah. the only person you're kidding me is yourself, really. Yeah. is At the end of the day, you know. That's it. Yeah. No. And um, okay, I, I don't know. I got any other questions. Oh, board me. Do you do any board game other than the Silver Tower? I know you do Silver Tower, but have you ever done um, anything else other than
1: that? No, like I say, that V Commandos is kind of like a board game, and yeah. I find myself, myself that I'm kind of drawn to them more and more. And the reason why I'm drawn to them more and more is is this idea of like a, a self contained entity, which is a little bit easier to travel with, yeah. a little bit easier to pick up, a little bit easier to introduce other people to. Um, so I love I love minis. I love painting minis. Yeah. But I love tabletop war games, but sometimes, you know, you just want to play on a table. You know, you don't want to, because I have these two big plastic fold-away tables now Mm -hmm. that I play on. some nights you want to play a game, but you just don't want to set up the terrain and set up the tables and roll the neoprene mat out, you know, so um, it's an area that I've been looking into a little bit bit more, Um, and there's lots of, what I've noticed, actually, is that it seems like companies are understanding that, and they're making lots of hybrid games now, Um, if, if you look at a lot of Kickstarters over the last year and a half, two years, mm-hmm. you know the Steamforge did Resident Evil Two. Yeah. You know Mythic Games did Joan of Arc. Mythic that Games ends. also did um, Solomon Kane. There's Busters, There's you know there's Space Hulk. You know it's still a classic and still yeah. a quality. So there's lots of lots of kind of what you would class as board games that have minis in. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm really excited about trying more of those forward in the future and I love and there's something about like kind of standalone boxed entities that I really enjoy mm-hmm. alongside a couple of tabletop war games I love the kind of open endedness of tabletop war games and list yeah. building and lots of different options but sometimes I just like like Blood Bowl as well I love Blood Bowl just a little self contained box yeah. there's two teams is the racing rules off. right back on there's a lot to be said for that
0: yeah Blood Bowl my first, my first ever game because that, that's what I started out with my, my dad um, brought, bought Blood Bowl I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was the month that came out, um, August 1988 I think, I've still got, oh, yeah. the, I've still okay. got the, the White Dwarf sitting in the house, um, nice. uh, oh, is it in my house now? I don't know, can't remember, um, but um, yeah, I mean that was the first, the second edition Blood Bowl, because everyone makes the mistake that it wasn't, it was first edition was the one with the polystyrene pitch, but yeah. I mean that's way back in the day, um, yeah. I mean it's self self contained game, you know, which is good. You know, you don't need to go out and buy all the new um, the teams that come out. Um, <laughs> especially the halfling one that's just about to come out, and um, people are up in arms about the fact that it's not got Tree Man in it. It's like, well, it's a halfling <sighs> team. It's like, yeah, and and the card
2: like in the base in the base set you get like you know the orc team and the human team and you yeah.
1: get like the stack card. But yeah. well, I bought the dwarf team, and yep. I opened it up, and it's got the dwarves in it. He'll but it's not out. got the stat cards, and I looked yep. at the stat cards, and like twenty five quid just yep. for some cards, and I'm like,
2: nope. really? And I really want them. Like you know, the,
1: the hobbyist and the collector yep. side of me says I really want the cards, but do I really want to spend twenty five pounds on a bit of paper. It's just, it's just annoying. Yep. That, that's annoying. Yeah,
0: I mean and that's why I've like, I ha- I got the old locks and the advances for Necromunda now and I'm not buying the cards, so I'm like, no. Nope. We don't play with the tactic cards anyway, so it's like, we just play the, the game without the tactic cards, so it's like, no, there's no point in me going out and spending that money, or getting the, the different dice. Was just, I can't even remember how much the, the, the dice sets cost, but they go out of print, and they go in at print, and they go out of print, and they go in at print. It's like, no, oh, bugger that. Um, I think
1: we all... We all- yeah. Like, I,
0: like I say when I bought the Dwarves I, I
1: wanted the dwarf dice I yeah. wanted the cards and I think I think that's why you can't be negative towards a company that's yeah. like that because I think they market it very well. They know yeah. the addictive nature of collective yeah. you know it's kind of like they know us better than we know ourselves and it's very hard to resist that but yeah. you know it's just it, it's it's silly money you know especially living here in China and yeah. the cost of living here is very very different to what it is back home. The average wage is very different to what it is back home, and if you actually actually look at the average monthly salary here in China compared to what, like the, the dwarf cards cost, it's it's obscene. It's obscene how much it costs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you know if you think about, I think there's two billion people.
0: There's a number of billion people that earn like less than twenty dollars per month, uh, and you know i don't want to get into politics or world stuff you know because i I still buy these minis for a crazy amount of money but it just it just you've got i always ask myself the question you know do do i actually want this do i need this am i going to use this because i think there's just so much wasted money and i think there's so much
1: hobby stuff which is
0: far far too much money yeah that's true um the the thing i was i was um, saying about the, the board games and everything um I started playing Starflux. It's a card game with my missus Fiona, um, uh, and that, um, along, among other things, like Catan and stuff like that. To steal a word from Will Wheaton when he did the uh, tabletop um, web series, it's an infection vector. It's a way of getting people into gaming that wouldn't yeah. necessarily, you know, be involved in it. It's like cards against humanity. <sighs> that I, I get headaches. From laughing so much when I play cards against humanity, but it's yeah. a good way of getting people to play games. Yeah. yeah, because you know who who doesn't want to see stuff like that. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the cards against humanity has, but you know, you've got to have those kind of infection, as I said, infection vectors to get people into gaming. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's breaking
1: down. It's it's, it's too big it's breaking down any potential stigma that there might be like if yeah. you think about if you know, like, like and i've got had this first hand you know i moved to a new country and moved to a new place of work and yeah. i started mixing with colleagues and once i kind of got to know a few friends um i kind of mentioned that i played tabletop games it just naturally kind of came up in a conversation mm-hmm. and it's always tabletop games what are they and so you have to explain this like little plastic men and you have to paint them and then you, you roll dice with them and, and the initial kind of reaction is one that like mm. it's a little bit comical and they have a mm. bit of a chuckle and they go really you know you're an adult is that not a kid's game but then kind of you know one person I had you know talked about and he showed like a passing interest and we played our first game and now he loves playing games but yeah. there's a little bit of stigma attached to it but it's also you know getting getting into people's minds you know one thing that always interests me is is how many people could could play tabletop games that just don't necessarily know about them yeah. or don't know anyone else that, that plays them. And that that's my kind of big question in this world of hobbying. is that, like, is, is the market saturated? Is, is everybody who could be interested in these games, are they aware of it and they've made a decision? Or are there thousands and thousands of people who would be potentially interested but just don't really know about the games or don't know how to start?
0: Well, I mean, that's, that's the thing that you know, people are like, well, game, um, gaming is much more... Um, what's the word niche no it's, it's less niche what's the word I'm looking for it's more, mainstream more mainstream than it's ever been and you're like well yeah, yeah but at the same because because people like well Wheaton and the Big Bang Theory and stuff like that people know about these games more and you're like yeah but at the same time you know yes there are guys that look like Joe Maglietti I can't even pronounce his name. The guy that's going to be Deathstroke, is it Deathstroke? I Deathstroke, and the DC movies. Um, you know, he's a D- DM and a bit, you know, uh, a celebrity DM for loads and loads of different things. You know, guy that looks like that, guy that looks like me. You know, there's, there's a lot of difference between that. Don't get me wrong. I used to look more like him um, when, I, when I was training full time, but you know, um, but at the same time. That's the thing, I did train I and mean, I trained in um, martial arts, I did jujitsu and um, Muay Thai and wrestling and stuff for years until I proper fucked my back a couple of years ago. Um, but, you know, I still played games, but I had always played games. That's the thing. Uh, has he always played games? That, that, that's what you tend to find, the guys that look at him, or how I used to look, like Vin Diesel and guys like this, they used to play, and they've always played. That's that's why they still yeah. play. Um, even yeah. though you know the big movie stars or TV stars or whatever it is, um, always played. So that's why they still play. Um, whereas yeah. it's
1: it's interesting. And it's going to be interesting to see how the kind of the industry develops. You know, I read an article just the other day that was saying there's been a, a kind of retraction in growth in the industry because it's that people at shops are struggling with supply and demand is that yeah. shops don't know what's going to be popular until it's released so shops find it hard to what to stock and they find it hard to judge what's going to be popular so they can't afford to stock loads of games that don't sell because they'll go bankrupt but then equally once a game does become popular then there's no there's no copies of it anywhere so it's like the companies and, and businesses and small business owners are struggling to kind of keep up with supply and demand and and a lot of them are going are going bust because of it. Yeah. It's it's I don't know. It's it's interesting, and it's not just in the hobby industry. It's kind of like the world over. Yeah. It's a lot of people are buying online. A lot of people are not going to that high street. You know, a lot yeah. of people are looking for for good deals. A lot of people are suffering with you know wage growth stagnation. You know, so it's 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 interesting what's going to happen with it. You know, there's big secondhand markets, and yeah. the the market is just. Added more each month, more and more games out there. There's more and more choice, you know. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens with it over the next few years. It's yeah. uh, I'm sure there's going to be some great things that happen, but unfortunately, it might be some bad things that happen too.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at Mythic Games. Um, they've anything they Kickstarter is Kickstarter exclusive now because when they did Conan and what was the one after it? I can't remember what the one after it was. The is it the Greek god one? Um, um, Alien, yeah. They, they had so many problems with getting retailers to actually buy the buy the games because they, they bought them through the Kickstarter you know the retail packs and then they're like oh it's not selling as much so we're not going to buy as much and all the rest that kind of stuff so you know but at the same time you get things like Gloomhaven where you can't keep yeah. it in the shops, you literally yeah. can't keep it in the shops, it's so popular but it's bloody expensive, it's like 150 quid a shop for each for each box It. Have like, you how big it is? It's like about the size of my apartment, mate. The apartment yeah. is huge. I, I've seen it, and I'm like, "Fuck me!" <laughs> but uh, you know, that's 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 the thing. Well, I mean, it, that that is probably worth the hundred and fifty pound, but it's having that initial hundred and fifty pound. But yeah, you know, I mean, that's a popular thing, and then then you got the, the stuff that isn't as popular. You know, nobody knows. You know, because obviously the guys, do claim me Favorite, I can't remember the names off the top of my head. Um, Who, mate? Yeah. well it's Isaac
1: Childress the guy who made it like wrote it I'm not sure who produced it what company
0: yeah you know oh it
1: was, yeah it'll be um sell game Sell right. affair, yeah Sell affair.
0: so they obviously didn't anticipate the amount of games the amount of people that play it so they're they're trying to catch up and they can't catch up as quickly as they they need to catch up so you know but I, I'm sure it'll be one of those games that, that people are playing for years but you know yeah, I mean that's the thing, isn't it? Everything's a bit supply demand. and demand. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's it is
1: it is super interesting, and um, it's just interesting just to learn about the industry because I, I don't think it's like it's like the sport industry. You know, yeah. I'm a I'm a big football fan, and I, I yeah. support Preston. And if you talk about brand brand loyalty. Yeah. Um. I could go and get a Manchester if I lived back in England. I could go and get a Manchester City season ticket for cheaper than I could a Preston North End season ticket, yeah. but I would still buy a Preston North End season ticket because that's the team that I support. So it, it's in just it's interesting how industries develop and grow and expand and develop, and the tabletop game industry is a, is a similar one as well. And one thing I've noticed about it as well is, is how small it is. Yeah. You know, it's a very it's a very small industry really and, and you'll probably find that as you do more and more podcasts you realise that everyone knows everybody yeah. and your, your reputation precedes you. You know, Even in my kind of small scale operation, you know, people know of you and they say, oh. oh yeah, I know such and such who you spoke to a few weeks ago and so it's really important to, you know, be nice and yeah. it's really important not to be fake or sycophantic but, you know, it's really important to get on with people because it is a such a small industry which is great in many ways because... You know, easier, I, yeah. I find that everyone's really nice. Yeah. Everyone's really nice and everyone's really positive and things like that. You know, but there's a very small amount of people that are doing this. And if you think about if a thousand people buy a game, yeah. one person's wrote it. You know, so for, if there's a thousand games that are released over a year or two year period, that's only one thousand people that are writing those things. Yeah. You know, so there's a very small amount of people that are doing it. And it's, that's interesting too. And I still think a lot of these businesses are a cottage industries. So I'm not talking about huge multinational yeah. companies. Operations on the stock market with billions pounds worth of turnover. You're talking about one or two guys
0: in a in a warehouse somewhere. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I was talking about Twitter earlier on and um, just starting out on it and all uh, oh, this that kind of thing. You find a lot of people on it that are, you know, they do one person operations that make, you know, figures or D and D modules or all these different things and it is it's one person doing this this thing because it's something they love or it's it's something that they haven't found um, a lot of that they want to have or you know that that's it I mean there's a couple of guys at the folk club that I'm a member of that have their own um, miniature making companies um, oh, I can't remember the names of, of them off the top of my head but you know it's one of them's um, a guy and his brother and the other one's a guy on his own, Burns miniatures but these are these are guys that've looked at you know, the twenty eight mil market and gone, Well these figures aren't in this market, so I'll put together them myself, I'll sculpt them myself or I'll get somebody to sculpt them and, and they've released them. You know, that that's it. They've looked at the, the market, not seen what they want and gone and did it themselves and then marketed yeah. to other people so you know that's the thing it's it's a lot of people it's a passion project a lot of people it's, yeah. it's not it's not what, how they make their money you know it's how they make yeah. how they have fun <laughs> they yeah I'd, it. I'd, I'd agree with you yeah there's, there's a lot of people I've spoken to it's, that, it's very
1: much the same thing it's something that they just do because they love it yeah. Uh, something because they've got expertise in a certain area through their day job yeah. and they just expand out from there and see what happens you know and, and, and that, that's amazing that that is possible it's, yeah. isn't it? it's amazing that, that people can oh, yeah. do that it's amazing that people are willing to do that too mm-hmm. not only hold down a day job and do you know high-powered jobs or even just yeah. do a mundane job they hold down you know they keep the lights on with doing the day job and then they come home and and they'll, they'll write something, or they'll playtest something, or they'll sculpt something. Yeah. It's great that that happens, because if people were lazy and didn't bother them, we wouldn't have other things that we would have
0: today. No, that's it. No, um, the You know, the tabletop industry, and and, and this is probably weird, but it, it's built on the people. It's not built by the companies, to, uh, to a certain extent. You know, People are always going to want what they want. You know, you're always going to have Games Workshop, uh, I've heard the the arguments that they're going to price themselves out of the market for the last twenty years. Um, they've not priced themselves out of the market yet. They're not going to do it. They're, you're always going to have Games Workshop, but you're always all, also going to have the little companies that are going to they're going to pop up and go away, and you know things are going to go missing and all the rest of that kind of stuff. But it's always going to be there because it's the people that make it. It's the passion of of gamers that make the hobby. And, you know that's it. At the end of the day, um, <laughs> the has been talking for about an hour and forty-five minutes. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm happy I, I mean, to hold it there, mate. We could talk for hours and hours. I think. I mean, that's that. <laughs> that's the thing. I love talking about gaming, and I love talking to people about gaming. That's, I mean, that's why when I was on the podcast with you. I was inspired to do the YouTube channel, and, and then I thought to myself, "Well, I enjoy doing that. My don't do it myself. That's you know, that the, I will say you're the the inspiration behind it, but at the same time, it's you know, it's it's been my inspiration as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great, mate, isn't it? It's just it's just interesting to do. Like like we just mentioned
1: there, it's something that you probably do anyway. You probably chat to people in your local area about games. Mm. So all you're doing is just formalizing that a little bit yeah. more and then and putting that yeah. out there and I've always said with anything that I've done, you know, doing it is, is interesting for me. So if five other people engage with it and they find it interesting too, then it's it's served its purpose. And I think sometimes people fall into this trap of, of having really high expectations or unrealistic expe- expectations about what this is going to be or what it's going to grow into but it's just i think you just have fun doing whatever you're doing and 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 just just go with it and if it remains just 10 people listening to it then that's 10 people who are interacting with something that you've done and that, that's a that's a big difference 10 yeah. people it's a big 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 deal you know yeah. and you never know why something i've realized is you never really know what the other people that are listening to you do a uh, uh, feeling or doing at the same time and it's the same way that know, I I might have had a really bad day, and then I speak to you, and I forget that bad day because I'm I'm talking to you about doing mini stuff. So it's just about doing what you enjoy and doing something that you like, and just just throwing it out there if you want to. And Mm. there's a lot of podcasts that I've recorded with friends or whatever, and I just never released because it just didn't feel right to, or I didn't feel a need to, because it was Mm. just a a nice chat that you had. You know, and it's it's not about views or likes or downloads or getting sponsorship or you know getting yeah. to a thousand fans or whatever so you can monetize it's not about any of that it's just about us all sharing our passion and enthusiasm for what we do in our own little way
0: well i mean that's the thing um i, I think i've had what, 150 lessons or something like that in two months and i'm like well if i had i mean it's it is, it's about two months so if i had 60 lessons in two months i, would, I was gonna be happy so if i have one person listen to a at eight, that's fine that's great i don't mind you know, if if people are going to enjoy it, then that's great. But I'm doing it because it's something I want to do. I want to talk about gaming and I'm, I'm the same. How have you found the process of it? Um, I, I found it um, a little bit weird because obviously up until now it's been me talking myself um, and, okay. and recording it. And there's been, uh, same as you, there's been a couple of episodes that I've recorded when I'll be honest, I've been in a bit of a shitty mood uh, and I've recorded yeah. it and I thought, you know, a lot of that's a bit I, I went back and listened to it I thought, I, I thought no, I'm not releasing that because that's me just being a shitty mood and being a shitty person and I don't, lo- I don't <laughs> want to be that person <laughs> it's, it's, but there's, there's also sometimes that I start recording things and then I'm like, I, I'll lose my train of thought. I mean, yeah. if you've listened to any of them so far, you, you'll know fine you well know, that I just go off on tangents. Um, yeah. But, you know, I can't, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stop myself and go, I have to stop here and go back because I, I've just mumbled for like, this amount of time. But no, it's, it's been it's a. It's sad, sad is it? Sad, it's difficult. I
1: mean, I still struggle with recording intros and outros. Yeah. Um, because I just forget what to say, and, and I've got a whole—I'm not sure if I'll ever see the light of day. But every time I kind of mess something up, it yeah. uh, involves a lot of swear words. I save it, and so I've got all these outtakes. And for me, just basically messing things up and swearing and laughing and things—and uh, it's 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 really annoying. <laughs> Even saying things like "erm" um, and tutting. I, I go quite a lot, yeah. and I say "erm," um. and yeah. I just—you hear yourself doing it—and it's really annoying. But it's an art in itself, and so I've I've come away from it with a massive respect for radio presenters
2: and TV presenters, mm-hmm. especially live TV. Oh, it, it, They're amazing. And
1: news reporters, you know, like on, uh, on TV, you know, yeah. that read the news, uh, 10 and thing. it's just an amazing amount of respect, just auto-professionals, because it's, it's an art in itself. It's it's really difficult to do.
0: Yeah, well, the amount of times that I recorded the intro to this is ridiculous. I think it was about 20 times, because I kept on stumbling <laughs> over what I was saying, and I'm like, but it's every time I do it, uh, yeah. the uh, the intros and the out the out outros Is that how you, yeah yeah every yeah. <laughs> time I do them I'm like no nope, have to go back I try yeah. not to um, edit as much as I can yeah. same with yeah. same with the the YouTube channel y- you're gonna hear me swear because I swear that's that the end of it I I can't not I, I if I really really concentrate I cannot swear because obviously around my nephew I have to stop myself and my niece I have to stop myself but I can't talk the way I talk about games if I don't if I, if I try yeah. and stop myself you know so it's you know it's not going to be for everyone because I swear a lot but you know that's fine. But well, then again you
1: do you do what's right
0: for you and you do yeah. what you know you do what fits for you and and again there's going to be a certain amount of people that are drawn to that there's going to a certain amount of people
1: that go ah, that's not for me and either of those things are okay and, and that's why it's super important to, to do it do it for you yeah. and not for anybody else you that's know it. and uh, I, I found that the wheels do quickly come off with people who do it for other people and it's yeah. quickly apparent that, that you know they're not doing it for uh, you know possibly the right
0: reasons you know well I mean that, that, that's the thing um, I, th- I, th- I thought you know it's something that I want to do I think it's going to be fun so i want to do it I mean, when we did the uh, the real the is it the actual player, the real play, I can't remember how I put it of Infinity. The first game, of Infinity. It's like, well, it, it's either going to be good or it's not going to be good, and um, I really don't care because you know I want to do it, and I, I want that. It's the same thing with the new group that I'm putting together. Um, we're going to do that from the beginning as, you know, an, an actual play RPG. It's going to be on the same podcast channel. It's probably going to be weekly, uh, alongside all the other ones that are releasing on Monday. But, you know, you know, I, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be good for them as well, because they're brand new, being able to listen to themselves and and think a little bit differently. Um, that, I don't know whether that's the right term, but, you know, they're going to listen to themselves and they're going to hear how they play and you know all these kinds of things but it's also going to be able to be a good thing for notes because I'm terrible for keeping notes when I'm GMing or I'm actually being a player when I do RPGs so it's going to be good for me to go back and go right okay that's how far we got or that bit we can go back to or you know all these different things but also it's going to be good for them um, getting into their characters and learning their characters a wee bit more but also you know I listened to a few um, actual play podcasts and way back in the beginning they weren't that great you know not play wise but you know audio wise and professionalism and whatever you want to put, put in it but as they've got better as it's gone along it's got better and they've got better at it and you know they seem like they're actually having more fun now even though it sounds more professional it, Looks, it sounds a bit more polished. They sound like they're having more fun, and that—that—that's yep. what is. it is. I know you're probably having loads of fun doing it, but when you listen to the older ones and the newer ones, you sound like you're having more fun the longer you go on.
1: Yeah, it's, well, you naturally—it's—it's it's about getting getting more competent at yeah. doing what you do. I'd like to think you're a little bit more competent. It does depend on the guest. It depends on the person you speak to. Yeah. You know, I remember the the, the the first few episodes. Yeah, you're right. You, it's a little bit more wooden because you're having to think about everything you're going to say and and you try and listen to the response to the question you've asked because that's important but then you've got to think about the next question you're going to ask and then you've got to think about not talking too much but then you've got to talk (laughs) because you can't let people ramble on too long so there's all these different things that you're thinking about but it's like driving a car I remember when I first learned how to drive I couldn't have the radio on
2: yeah
1: and if I drive in with any friends, I was like, they couldn't speak because I needed to, come to concentrate. So I remember even, like, my mates would just, like, listen to music. I was like, can, you just need to turn the radio off. And they're like, why? I was like, because I, I need to concentrate on the road. Do you want to die, crash and die? Or do you want to just be silent and, and get there? And Whereas now, you know, I can kind of, like, you know, drink a drink and listen to the radio and have I mean, a conversation. So I think naturally, as you do saw something more... You get more comfortable with it, and it gets more natural, and it gets, you know, you get more competent at it, and you're able to do more things. Like, I mean, we've been having a conversation, I've been painting. Yeah. And that, that, that's happened more and more, but, you know, in the first, I'd say the first 75 episodes at least, I couldn't do anything but listen uh-huh. to the person, because yeah. I needed to concentrate on
0: it. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. I mean, this, I, I didn't want it to sound wooden, so I had some questions written down, and then some of them were off the cuff. It was just like, well, Throw that, throw that in, because something I want yeah. to know, you know, something I'd like to talk about, you know. Um, and actually, things pop up, you know, yeah. because
1: it, it's someone responds to a question. It you, you might think, oh, oh I never, I never thought that would be your answer. So let's talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's an art in itself. You know, holding a conversation is is hard. Yeah. You know, I think like I was, I've always been terrible at going to parties and and speaking to people who I don't know. Yes. I'm just rubbish because it's like, what do you say? Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of people that can't hold a conversation. So you'll try and you go, hey, mate, how's it going? And they go, fine. But yeah. don't say anything else. And so it's hard to maintain that conversation. And so that's an art in itself, it's just learning how to treat different people and, and how to make them comfortable and, and how to make them happy. I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm great at it, I'm not. But, you know, it's, it, it, yeah. it's, it's interesting. That is a hobby in itself, just learning how to. To get them to relax themselves so you can relax
0: too. Yeah, well, I mean, I think a lot of, with me having done the door for as many years as I did, I, I think yeah. that it, it's more natural for me holding a conversation with people that, than it would be for a lot of people in the hobby because I know a lot of people in the hobby are a little bit more like yourself, a bit conservative, a bit, you know, reserved, um, yeah. you know. That, that's it at the end of the day you know you know if you can p- make people feel more comfortable when you're talking to them you know you know, that, that, that's half the, the battle when you're working on a door so you have to learn it very quickly or you you end up in lots and lots of trouble
1: <laughs> anyway mate I need to shoot up nah, now.
0: no problem um, alright mate said, it's great talking, it's yeah, really great talking cool. to you it's you,
1: it's awesome
0: right. see you later mate thank you all right, well, have a good one. Yeah, me let too. me know when it's all edited up, and let me know when it's released. All right, it'd be nice to know. Yeah, no problem. Sweetie, later. All right, take it easy, mate. Well, there you have it, folks. That is two hours almost of conversation with me and Dan um, on the podcast. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. As as we you know, as we said throughout the podcast, you know, both of us you know really enjoyed that conversation. It was a long time. It was a long time we probably could talk for another two or three hours but yeah um, again I'd like to thank him for coming on um, and if you want to know anything about Paint On The Minis there's the website www.paintontheminis.com um, there's the Facebook group um, Paint On The Minis um, there's the podcast Paint, uh, Paint On The Minis Podcast ramble uh, and there's the YouTube channel which is Paint On The Minis Um Dan is also on um, Twitter uh, at um, paint all the money. Uh, I think I'll, I'll check the the handle and I'll put it up on the the website. Um, and yeah, um, so housekeeping wise, um, we have whatever raffle is going on at the moment. As always, steep pound. That enters you into the raffle. Whatever the raffle is right now, I'm not sure. I think it's still the Lieutenant Calcius figure, Uh, but if you listen to this later on, um, it'll be something else. Um, But, yeah. So that is that. Um, If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to subscribe. I encourage you to review it. Um, whatever comment on it whatever um, whatever you do on your platform for um, podcasts or oh, as always the YouTube channel um, is Yogi Dave's hobby podcast um, we've got videos of many 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 things and um, you know there's how-to videos tutorials Unboxings, as I said, there's playthroughs, you know, battle reports, well not really battle reports but you know sort of um and intros to different games. Um so yeah, I'm gonna say good day and happy, happy hobby.